the PowerShell News Podcast with your host, uh, Harjit Dalwal and Mick Pletcher. Hey, Mick. Hey, Harjit. How's it going, How's man? How's the day going for you? Good, good. Um, so today is going to be a good show. We got a, a very special guest with us. Uh, uh, should we rope him in? <laughs> Absolutely. Let's go. All right. So, hey, everyone. We have Don Jones, the uh, one and only Don Jones of uh, PowerShell. Hi, Don. How you doing? Good. Good. How are you? Good. What, what are you up to today, Don? Um, actually doing a little writing this afternoon. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's still early in the morning here in Las Vegas, but I, I'm kind of lining up. I'm, I'm working on a, a, a new kind of book for beginners called PowerShell for Noobs. And, and I've been on vacation for a bit, and I haven't given it a lot of love, so I'm, I'm going to dive in and write a chapter today at least. Oh, is that the one with the, uh, with the LeanPub uh, publication, right? Yeah, it's currently on leanpub.com. Uh, once it's finished, then I will probably retire it from there, meaning anybody who bought it will still have access to it. Um, but I'll I'll turn it into a print book on Amazon. Awesome, Be beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I think I've subscribed to that too. Um, you know, I, and you keep updating it every now and then. I get those notifications. <laughs> yep, yep. That's a really cool way to write books, uh, and it's a great way to get feedback from people. And you know, before you go through the trouble of cutting down trees and stuff like that, to make sure that you you've kind of covered everything that people are going to want to read. Oh, that's awesome. I absolutely, uh, absolutely agree with you there. I know uh, uh, Dave Kaula and myself and uh, several other authors, you know, we co-author uh, the PowerShell Tricks, and we're, we're actually yep. working on our next um, version right now, and that's what we're doing this time. We're using LeanPub. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, you can collaborate in GitHub. Uh, you write everything in Markdown, so it's just simple text documents. You don't have to do what, what a lot of publishers will put you through, which are some really, really complex word templates. Um, but this, like, I, I mean, I can pick up my iPad and, and, you know, churn out a few changes, commit it to the repo, go on LeanPub, hit publish, boom, there's a new version of it right there. Okay. okay. Nice. And uh, you've been you've been doing some other books, too. Um, the uh, Be the Master? Yep. Yep, I am uh, uh, currently working on the second edition of that, which will be published sometime late 2018, early 2019. Okay, what, what you want to you want to let the audience know, like what what that's all about? Yeah, it it started from a, a blog post, and you know, I, I I it goes back a little further than I guess. So I, I answer a lot of questions in the forums at PowerShell.org, and and I know a lot of people answer questions in different places, whether it's Stack Overflow or Server Vault or the TechNet forums or whatever. And I, I think something that everybody experiences when they're answering questions is they see people coming in and asking questions. And as soon as they get an answer, they vanish from the face of the earth. It's like, okay, you know what? A bunch of people here just volunteered time to help you do your job. And we're cool with it. We're happy to do it. But, you know, you could come back and help out a little bit, too. And right. I, I started just kind of, you know, floating that around with some folks. And kind of one of the, the typical replies you get as well, you know, I, I, I can't really answer any questions. I'm too new. I don't know enough. And, and that whole line. And, and I think everybody's probably familiar with that, yeah. both feeling that and hearing it. And so I wrote a blog post called Be the Master or Go Away. And, and kind of the stick of it was, look, if, if you're not going to grow past being an apprentice and you're never going to come back and help, then just don't even show up in the first place. Like the whole point of being in the, the job is not just to keep learning. That's selfish. Yes. You're going to keep learning. 
Yeah. The point is to, at some point, turn around and start sharing that with other people. But yes. the, the blog post kind of was, that was my little rant. Um, no, I think, I think but, you hit a very good, um, very good points there, you know, and that's how I view what I do. And I know Mick does the same thing. And, you know, we can only gain so much knowledge and, and, and hoard that, you know, but if you're not. That, that does, does sound, sound awesome there, Don. Yeah. Um, I think we got we got cut off a little bit. There's some audio issues a little bit, but. Uh, no, I, I and I totally agree with you, Don. Because uh, I mean, I'll use an example: the Nashville PowerShell Group. Well, we're now called Middle Tennessee PowerShell Group, but we had one that was coming to our meetings, and um, he he came to quite a few. And of course, we're there to help you know help others and help spread knowledge and so forth. And he had this huge problem at the company he was working at and we all got in there and helped him. And then just like you said, Don, he just disappeared out of, we never saw him again after the problem was solved. And we were all like, okay. (laughs) Something we, something we said. Yeah. 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 I, I I think it's, there are a lot of legitimate reasons why that happens and why people just kind of get wrapped up in their own, their own storyline. And that's really what the book was about is to, it's a short book. You know, people have said they they picked it up and read it in, in in an evening or a couple evenings, and it's really just to kind of get you out of that that mindset, that loop, and and give you some ways to think about things differently. And I think we all tend to think like I I don't go into it in the book. I'm I'm still debating whether or not to do this in the next edition, but we all talk about the term mentoring, right? I mean, that's yeah, very, they're common in the industry, and I really don't like the word, right. and I don't like it. I don't like it for a couple of reasons. One is mentor was actually a guy. He was a he was a dude. He was in the Odyssey. He was you know a, a literary character. Okay. And so to be called be called to be called a mentor feels weird. It's like being called a Rick. Like hi, I'm a Rick. It's just, right. It seems weird. But the other reason is mentoring always, always happens, happens at work. And I think I think that's something that people need to get out of their heads. Is if you're going to help somebody, if you're going to give back, if you're going to take stuff that's in your brain and contribute that to someone else, it doesn't have to be at work. Works like the easy thing to think about, but then people start making excuses like, well, you know, my, my boss won't give me time or I'm not the smartest guy at work or, well, okay, then take work completely out of it. Forget about mentoring. Um, I had this one really good story uh, from a fella who went and got a group of parents together at his school and they have some kids uh, who are special needs. They've got particular medical needs and, and whatnot. And he talked them through the process of building what I call a, a bug out box, like a, a kit so that if you have to go because there's a local emergency or a natural disaster, to make sure that you've got everything lined up that you're going to need. And that has nothing to do with his job, but it made a huge impact on that group. And they have now formed a little committee, a little uh, group of people who are going around and helping other parents kind of be prepared and, and understand their kids' needs and everything else. And that's an amazing thing yeah. to be to, to give to a family and it it took him stepping out of work like he's a technology person but this was him stepping out of that that oh i this is mentoring kind of mindset and thinking about it a lot more broadly and finding a different audience that that he could provide a service to well that is brilliant yeah i, like I can i completely agree with you i mean that that's awesome i, I tell you another good example was um last fall i uh, ran for political office uh, city council and although I didn't try hard and I did lose, it opened up a lot of doors for me. And, and my biggest thing was preaching education, education, education. Mm-hmm. And it 
uh, led for me being able to you know, get on the library board and uh, also help with the school systems there because they really liked what I represented. And now we're, we're starting like the, um, they've never had this in the county I live in because I live in the county beside Nashville. And uh, we're bringing the Hour of Code in. Uh, program. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah it's, yeah. it's funny that, you know, once you kind of just step outside of the daily routine a little bit, how you can you can find a lot of different areas where a little just tiny bit of contribution is, is useful and appreciated and it goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So absolutely. And uh, speaking of books, um, your power, your, your PowerShell book, uh, what in a month of lunches, there's a bestseller, huh? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, in, in, in the, in the little world of PowerShell, um, <laughs> the, the, the two month of lunches books, uh, we just recently, I guess toward end of 2017, uh, revised both of them. So they're they're both up to date for what represents PowerShell six, okay. uh, but they're also s still very aligned to Windows PowerShell, so PowerShell five point one. Is that the third um, edition? Uh, yeah, I think it is. Okay. Look at my bookshelf here. Yeah, yeah, that's the third edition. Okay. And then the the tool making in a month of lunches we renamed to PowerShell scripting in a month of lunches, uh, and that is a, a second edition as well. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, I know, I know when anyone's starting off at PowerShell and, you know, in, in various forums or listservs or social media and stuff, you know, your, your books uh, with uh, Jeff Hicks is uh, always mentioned. Start with this. Start with the PowerShell book of lunches, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's where we intended it. Uh, and and it, it was very much, it's one of the reasons that it's been relatively easy to keep it up to date, right? Because what, what changes in PowerShell from version to version it tends to not be the entry level stuff. It tends to be the more advanced stuff, and so yeah. we don't we don't even pretend to touch on that. We're just there to get someone started. Um, but yeah, it, it's funny uh, the whole the whole kind of genesis of that book. I think you run into this too a lot. At, at we were talking about Ignite before the show. You run into this a lot where the longer you're in the industry, the easier it is to forget where you came from. That's right. And that's right. You go to a lot of these educational things. Like I don't I don't know how far you guys back. My, my first certification was on Windows NT351. Oh. It was a long time ago. Right. And at the time, you had to pass exams for networking essentials, which had really nothing to do with Windows. It was just TCP IP networking. Yeah. Uh, and a couple of other things. And you don't anymore. Like now it's possible to get certified and not know how to subnet an IP address. And, and maybe that's an outdated skill. Maybe we don't need to subnet IP addresses the way we used to, but it's like that underlying networking stuff is still there. It's still operating and we don't teach it anymore. And so I kind of noticed when I was, I wrote like one of the first published books on PowerShell when I was with Sapien. And of course it took off and a lot of people started writing books and, and I kept picking them up. and. I had kind of stopped writing for a while and folks would ask me, you know, is there a book I can send someone to? And so I, I went and bought a bunch of them because I don't want to recommend something if I've not read it. And it's like by chapter three, everyone wanted you to be, you know, writing huge blocks of code. Like, well, that's not the way to start. Like you're assuming all this underlying knowledge that you don't know your reader has. There was no beginner book. And so that's why I, I kind of sat down and did a ton of research on how much people can learn in a day and what the average reading rate is, like how fast people read. And I wanted to build something that you could invest just like an hour of time every single day and learn something meaningful and kind of structured the whole thing. Uh, Manning was wonderful in, in helping me pick up the series and really let me run with the development of it. 
Uh, and so now there's there's a whole mess of month of launches books that all kind of take that same approach. Oh yeah, it's brilliant though. I, I love the concept and and it's it's working great. Um, I hope I you know I'm sure you're gonna have uh, more series coming out right for uh, you know uh, uh, edition four. It, yeah, it's it's hard. Yeah, it's hard to tell. Uh, you run into a weird thing in the paper book industry. Yeah, and I think it has it has to do with the way Amazon sorts search results. Uh, if so, our tool making book. We wrote it originally, I think it was 2012, and it did okay. Uh, it didn't do as, as good as the, the first month of launches, and that's normal. The more advanced the book, the fewer of them you tend to sell, it's fine. But as time went on, it was, you know, every every quarter would be a few less copies than the quarter before it. I see. And so Manny came to us and said, well, you know, it's time to revise this. And we said, yeah, but there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> like everything in there is exactly the same as it was back then. There, you know, for what we're talking about, there really isn't anything new. But we decided to go ahead and redo it. We, we basically rewrote the book. We really didn't keep very much, but it covered the same storyline. We just used different examples and things, put a new title on it. And all of a sudden, just because it was newer, we sold tons more copies. Right. So right. the month of lunch's book, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, it, it's not a book we would have to update right. content-wise. It's a book that if, if we want to keep it selling, then we do. So I don't know. We'll we'll have to cross that bridge when we come to it. Revising a book like that is a huge pain. Yeah. It's well, it's an enormous time suck. One of the things well, that I thought, really uh, that I really really enjoy uh, with what you and uh, Jeff Hicks do is the uh, the video series that I I saw on uh, LinkedIn. You know, where both of you sit down together, you're both bantering, and, and there's some jokes and and how to. You that know, was actually yeah. That was actually on Plural Site. Oh, was that a Plural Site thing? Because I saw it on LinkedIn. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, I actually I actually worked for Plural Site. Okay. Uh, and and that was what we uh, that was one of our series called a play by play and and yeah those are a lot of fun to do. Um, they take a lot of time just because you have to set up all that equipment. <laughs> right. uh, and it's it, you know Jeff lives up near Syracuse and I live out in Las Vegas so we're not in the same room all that often. But I do love doing doing stuff like that. Well, this I one enjoy. I saw that you guys are both sitting together actually. Yeah, we were. Yeah, we were at. I believe we were at a plural site author summit. I see. Uh, I see. So we okay. both happened to be there, and they had a room set up to do recordings. I love that. I love that series. It's like, you know, hey, let, let's try this, and okay, there's one liner here. Okay, so let's turn into. Let's get more information. Let's try. Oh, hey, let's make this into a script, and this is how we do it. And it was brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Well, I thought you might like uh, like this, uh, Don. So. The um, last week, uh, I work at a law firm, and uh, last <laughs> oh, yeah. week, one of the uh, uh, we have what's called e-discovery in the legal industry, which is mm -hmm. uh, yep. I don't I don't know if you know much about that, but he was one of the e-discovery personnel, and and he brought this all this data that he had brought in, and he's asking me, he says, how uh, how how how, do, how can I get this formatted and get it into an Excel spreadsheet? So I said, well, we can use PowerShell, and I said. Uh, we can uh, massage the data with that and be able to get it in. And it took about 15, 20 minutes to massage it, and bam, it was all ready and it opened right up in Excel. So he said, wow, what is that? And I said, well, that was PowerShell I used. So he he was really interested, and he said, well, how could I learn that? He said, because I could use, be able to use that at any time. And I said, well, and I started going through about the PowerShell group and everything. I said, but your best bet is the month of lunches. He ordered it immediately, and now he's starting to uh, use your muscle lunches to learn PowerShell because he sees no, the value. And he's a lawyer. 
Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, it, it, it just kind of shows that, that where we've come to is a point where if you want to really do your job with computers, then you're going to have to be willing to engage with the computer at a little bit deeper of a level. I, I think the, uh, it's a little bit ironic because obviously Microsoft was the company that, that put com a computer on every desk, right? Made it easy to use. But when you've got that easy to use, you're kind of limited to the way that the application wants to be used. Right? You, you can't do anything with Word that Word wasn't designed to do. You're, you're stuck within the confines of that box. But now that more and more people have more and more access to tools like PowerShell, um, lightweight coding type tools, you know, things like Power Apps and Flow, stuff like that, more people are kind of able to dig in and reach. It's almost like, like it was with uh, Microsoft Access. Right. Everybody, everybody created apps and access because it was so easy to do. And yeah, maybe that turned into some support issues over time and all that, but it got everyone engaged at a, at a much deeper level. And I think that's kind of one of the, the neat things about PowerShell is that its job is really to take complex, inconsistent things and turn them into something consistent that's a little easier to learn and use. And it makes it accessible to a lot more people. Right. Right. Definitely. Yeah, and, and uh, Mickey was saying something about your wife too the other day to me. But yeah, my wife uh, uh, is in telecom, and uh, PowerShell is not popular in telecom, but yet because she deals with Cisco systems, sure. and uh, and I told her I said if you learn PowerShell, I said this can help your career big time because there I said there's few people out there that that deal with the Cisco module. And uh, and she started learning PowerShell now, and she actually interviewed um, recently with another company. She didn't take it. She, it was just more practice interview. You know, the more you interview, the better you get in the future. Um, and that was one of the things I asked. They said, well, what kind of scripting knowledge do you have? And she mentioned PowerShell, and that they were impressed. So <laughs> it's one of those things that you don't have to be a system uh, admin to, uh, to know the value of it. Right. Yeah, and it, it's funny because I, it, obviously you get into the Linux world. Um, they've had shells forever, good shells, you know, Bash and, and CISO and, and Born and all those. And Windows <coughs> has largely suffered from not having a very good shell. And, and PowerShell was definitely, you know, a, an attempt to fix that. But when you, you talk to Linux folks and a Linux person says, well, look, I've already got a great shell. I've got a great scripting language in Python or, or Perl, whatever they use. And why would I care about PowerShell? And it really forces you to rethink why PowerShell exists in the first place. And if you go through that process, if you, you kind of step away from, well, PowerShell was there because VB script sucked, right? That, that actually isn't the right answer. And once you kind of, once you kind of come around to what the right answer is and you really understand why PowerShell exists as a thing, you do start to realize that it, it matters to more than just people who are our sysadmins. Um, we have data scientists at Pluralsight that do a ton of stuff in PowerShell. Uh, you look at something like Azure Stack, which is, is basically built out of PowerShell. There's so much PowerShell and desired state configuration running under the hood to keep that running and keep it stable and keep it consistent, keep it correctly configured. And there's just all these different places because of, of what PowerShell was meant to be. Yeah, yeah, that's wow. So how, how did, I was I'm curious. Like everyone has a story on how they got started with PowerShell. What what is how did you get involved with PowerShell? So back in 2000, 2001, uh, maybe even a little earlier than that, maybe been like late nineties. Um, I started speaking at conferences, and I got my first book deal. 
And more conferences and books came out of that. And I was just basically doing whatever I personally found interesting. Uh, if you go back on, like on Amazon and look at some of the older books I wrote, it's all over the place. It's it's commerce server, it's system center, it's it was just everywhere. Okay. And I, I started to realize that at some point I needed to, to focus on something. If I was going to become known for something and, and be able to make a living at it, people needed to know who I was. And at the time, VBScript was just kind of moving into the sysadmin radar, and a lot of people were interested but struggling. And so I wrote a book on, on VBScript for admins, and it wasn't meant to be a programming book. It was meant to be a scripting book, which was not something that a lot of people had done. People had done a lot of books on VBScript, but they were they were written by programmers who were thinking like programmers. And it did fantastic. Um, that book and the Delta Guide series I created with Sam's were probably why I originally got my, my first MVP award. Oh. And so I, I kept it back for a while. Um, Jeff Hicks and I co-authored a couple of VBScript books. I did one for the, the Windows Server 2003 resource kit. Um, and obviously around 2005, we started hearing rumblings of this monad thing that Jeffrey Snover was working on. I see. And I, I said, you know what, this looks like the next version of EVScript, so I'm going to jump in and look at that. And I did. It was really, really early days back then. Um, but when the product launched in 2006, so uh, 2006, November in Barcelona at TechEd Europe is where they officially named it PowerShell and released it to the world in version one. Uh, I was working for Sapient Technologies at the time, and they had already updated PrimalScript, their editor, to understand PowerShell. Uh, and Jeffrey Snover invited me up on stage so that they could do a little demo of some of the different things that were happening in the ecosystem. So that the audience would feel like not only is PowerShell here, but it's embraced. Like there's other people using it. Okay. So it's, it's safe to jump in. Uh, and that was kind of my first connection to it. Uh, Sapien decided to launch Sapien Press. Uh, and so I wrote two or three different versions of, of a PowerShell book for them while I was still with the company. Uh, and that just kind of, you know, one thing led to another. Uh, I helped launch powershellcommunity.org, which unfortunately didn't make it. That kind of that kind of <coughs> floundered. Um, but then when I was able to kind of reconnect uh, with the community and get back into it, we launched powershell.org. Yes. Um, that was back in 20, 2011, 2012, I think. Uh, and it's it's been a pretty pretty stable ride ever since then. Nice. That's a good. Uh, yeah, I learned a lot here actually. Uh, I didn't. I didn't realize it was. Uh, it was launched in uh, Barcelona. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, what? So you you're involved with the uh, PowerShell summits um, year after year, and you know it's uh, getting really popular. And I've got. I've heard some great stuff uh, from some new people that went this year. It's like one of the best conferences they've went to and stuff. You want to share a little bit about that? Talk about that. Or? Yeah, um, PowerShell Summit was meant to be the successor of the PowerShell Deep Dives. Um, NetPro, uh, which was a company that ran the Experts Conference, had started. They were primarily an Active Directory tools company, uh, and they had started the Experts Conference as an Active Directory, really deep, 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 deep level thing. But they started to branch out, so they added a PowerShell Deep Dive track, and it ran twice uh, before they were bought by Quest, uh, and Quest started to kind of spin down that conference effort. Okay. And the PowerShell team actually came to us and said, look, we, we really, as a team, we value that that opportunity to connect with people who are really using our product. We don't really get that at TechEd. TechEd tends to be more of a beginner audience for us. And so we'd really like you to look at reviving this 
deep dive thing. Uh, and so those of us who were running PowerShell.org at the time sat down and did it. Um, I, you know, running a conference is hard. Uh, the first couple of years, all the down payments and deposits and everything were on my credit card. So oh, it was wow. like a lot of stress to make sure that that all went through. Um, and we decided that the goal would be to not take any money from Microsoft because that way if Microsoft ever lost interest or moved on, we'd still have something that would keep going. Okay. Um, we, we didn't want anyone to profit from it. So uh, I set it up as a nonprofit. Uh, it is a, a, a registered public charity with the IRS now. Um, we, we really tried to build it so that it could be a self-sustaining thing, something that we could eventually turn over to other people in the community so that it could run itself and it would have a, a strong financial base and no one else would ever have to have it on their credit card again. Yeah. And we really just decided that we wanted, we didn't want another commercial conference run by a, a vendor or by a large media company. Okay. Uh, we wanted it to be run by the people in the PowerShell community for each other's benefits. Uh, and that's really what it has become. We've got more than just the original founders involved now. Uh, we've got a lot of different people helping to plan the content and, and worrying about the logistics and making sure the finances are adding up. Uh, and it's a, it's a good time. We, the 2019 event will be the, um, it's the last two days in April or a Monday, Tuesday. And so we bleed over, um, Wednesday, Thursday into May, the first couple of days of May, it'll be 400 people. Uh, we're, we're probably going to cap it at 400 people going forward. That's what fits comfortably into our venue. Our venue is near Microsoft campus. So the whole team can show up one evening and kind of hang out with us and chat and talk about what it is they do and, and what challenges we're facing. Um, and really just focus on making it a, a, as, as powerful of a community driven, inexpensive, like we run it at a very break even. Uh, and the big thing that we're doing in 2019, which is something that I hope everybody who's listening to this can help us draw attention to go to powershellsummit.org and you'll see that one of the things we're going to offer in 2019 and going forward is an on-ramp track. So we've kind of lost tech ed, obviously. And we no longer have a really good place for new people on ramp into PowerShell and into the PowerShell community. Okay. And so that's what this on ramp is going to be. It's going to be 40 people limited. Uh, it will be a bring your own laptop, hands on four day class. Uh, it'll be taught by myself, Jason Helmick, Jeff Hicks, like some of the, the people who've been teaching PowerShell since its very beginning. Uh, you'll spend portions of the time in the main summit track. So you'll be Listening, excuse me, listening to guys like Jeffrey Snover and Lee Holmes and Bruce Pett and all those folks who invented the product and created it and are still involved with it. Uh, you're, we'll do all the evening parties and receptions and networking events with us. But the rest of the time, those folks will be in learning how to use PowerShell. So we're aiming it for, for young people who've never, you know, dealt with PowerShell before or people who are just coming into the industry who've never dealt with it. So that in the next year, they have enough knowledge to come to the regular summit. I see. Uh, and along those lines, because we really want to enable our industry to grow, there's a scholarship. And that's what I really want people to help getting out there. We're going to open 10 seats um, at least. And if we get corporate sponsorship, there will be more. Um, we're going to open up at least 10 seats this year to uh, newcomers who will get a complete free ride. We're going to take care of their uh, airfare within the United States. Okay. We're going to take care of their hotel and we're going to take care of their summit registration. So we're only going to have to afford a couple of meals 
and half of those are reserved for people who um, come from groups that have traditionally been underrepresented in IT, either um, ethnic minorities, uh, gender minorities, you know, females just don't have a lot of representation in IT. And we know that the best place to try and address that, at least for us as a small group, is to start at the beginning of, of the career. Get some folks in when they're, they're young, they're new, give them a great foundation and a great start, no matter what their current circumstances are. And really the only thing we require of anybody is if they have a job, is to get written permission from their boss so that if they win the scholarship, then they will be allowed to attend. Okay. So we're really looking for folks' help to get the word out. Uh, take it to your local technical college, take it to your local community colleges, go to the computer lab, go to the computer teachers, um, let them know that, that this is a thing and if they've got promising students who might be interested, uh, that this is a good time to start applying for that scholarship. This is uh, one of the best news I've ever heard, actually, to be honest with you. This is a great, um, amazing thing. Um, I, I love that it's opened up to... Um, you know the the newcomers and the ethnics and the the gender stuff and it's it's brilliant and uh, I it's, I'm I'm pretty sure it's going to be very successful. What how, what so what about those that uh, that are not working? I mean they're just right out out of college or technical school and or things like that or those that are trying to make career changes. This is open to them as well too, right? Yeah, that's that's primarily who it's open to. Um, the the kind of, we don't have a hard like requirements, we have some guidelines, um, and they're, they're mainly suggestions to help people understand who we're looking for. We're looking for someone who's maybe got their A plus certification, or someone who just completed uh, maybe a, a two year technical college. Um, not necessarily a degree. Not looking for a degree at all. Yeah. Just someone who's had a little bit. Like they know a little. They know about computers. They could definitely set up their own server at a very basic level if they had to. And now we want to get them in and not only teach them PowerShell, but we want to teach them PowerShell from the perspective of DevOps. So that's what we'll be doing, is bringing them in and, and you know talking about PowerShell as a way of accomplishing this DevOps philosophy. It's not just a tool. It becomes kind of a, a bigger way so that when they, they are ready to go out and get a job or get promoted to a better job than the one they have now, they're really doing it in a way that uses some of the, the best of breed practices as well as powerful tools like PowerShell. Yeah, yeah. No, this is brilliant. Uh, I, you know, Mick and I will definitely uh, promote it and uh, we'll keep talking about it in our future shows. And, awesome. Uh, yeah, and, you know, and let us, let us know how we can help. And, you know, this is this is awesome. This is what we love to do. Yeah, and, and you know, one of the uh, most valuable parts of this is, as we all see constantly, the price of education is constantly going up. And yep. b bachelor's degrees just aren't, even though I have mine, I mean, they aren't necessary in IT. Yeah, they just don't do it. No, no, they, they don't. don't. Do it. No. And something like this would be far more valuable to somebody. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that was very much the intent. So um, the, Dev, the DevOps Collective, which is the, the nonprofit corporation that owns PowerShell.org and that owns Summit, uh, we have a partnership with an organization called Tech Impact. And they're a nonprofit. They're based in uh, three or four cities in the US. And they run a program called IT Works, uh, and their job is to take kids from often disadvantaged situations, um, younger kids in their you know early twenties in, in most cases, um, sometimes a little bit younger, out of high school, but but not very far out of high school, and they put them through a sixteen-week IT education program that culminates with them getting their A plus uh, and their Cisco networking essentials, 
And then they work with local businesses in those cities to put those kids into internships uh, so that they put them right into a, a job situation that can immediately help start rolling their career. Uh, they've got like over an 80% placement success rate, which is very high. And so we're going to be, uh, we support them financially. Uh, some of our proceeds from Summit and our, our sponsorships and other fundraising help put those kids through those programs. Uh, and now we're hoping to take some of them and bring them into the on-ramp program to kind of loop it all back into the, the PowerShell and the DevOps communities. Oh, wow. That is amazing. Wow. That is. And going back to one of the topics we were talking about earlier here, uh, and I think you're right about how people say, you know, feel like they can't contribute. Well, this is a perfect example. Somebody, you know, an experienced IT professional that doesn't know, isn't good at public speaking, they don't blog or anything, but they can use such things as this to promote and help others uh, succeed yep. in their career. Yeah, just even helping us do a little bit of legwork, you know, going on PowerShellSummit.org, uh, finding the link to the on-ramp program, uh, there's a link in there to the scholarship packet. Uh, just taking that URL and walking it to your local community college or a technical college, uh, and because those tend to be low-cost things um, that that more people are able to afford and get into than, than perhaps traditional for-profit colleges or the large universities. Um, taking it to them, take it to your local high school. You know, mm -hmm. if, if you've got a high school that has a really good computer program, take it to the teachers there and the guidance counselors and say, hey, this is a thing. Uh, just helping us do that legwork is huge because we're like our entire organization is run by a grand total of like six people and we're all volunteers and we all have full time jobs. And so it's really tough for us to, to get the word out on the street to the folks at these these colleges and high schools. So just helping us do that and, and get the word out and, and letting these kids know that this is an option for them and that this is out there. Oh, we are, um, we're and even going to do our part with this. Um, you know, I, I appreciate I, it. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm all for it. I, I you know, I didn't well, I'll, I can tell you another uh, resource that's really valuable that ha ha had I not been on the library board, uh, I wouldn't know about but the library system. Yeah, uh, yeah. they play a huge role. And actually, that's where I've been doing some of my uh, my teachings um, at my local library. I've been doing a lot of Windows and and you know Skype and social media and all that uh, those kind of trainings at the library for the community. Actually, so yeah, just well, where the library uh, I can tell you this: where the library plays a huge role is uh, homeschooling. Uh, the one, oh, yeah. yeah, the library system that I'm on. Um, the, we um, we reach out to them. That's why we're going to sponsor sponsor the uh, Hour of Code and not the school system, because the school system will only be basically reach out to the kids actually in the school, and we have a significant number that are actually homeschooled in my uh, district. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's, a, that's a good point. Yeah. So yeah, right. uh, the other thing to mention to folks too is that even even for someone who. Um, Maybe is maybe the scholarship isn't the direction for them, or, or maybe they apply for it but they're not able to get in. Uh, the the entire summit, whether you go to the on ramp track or the real thing, is only sixteen hundred dollars for the week. And it includes most of your food, includes you know all the evening events. Uh, so you can get an inexpensive hotel for around one hundred and ten dollars in the area, uh, and and it's still an affordable thing. Like I, I get that it's it's not cheap. Sixteen hundred bucks is a lot of money. But when you compare it to something like TechEd, which starts at 2500 and goes up, uh, we try to keep it as affordable as possible since it's nonprofit. Okay. 
When when uh, registrations old. opened up yet for next year, or is that coming out? No, regist registration will open one November. Uh, we always try to open it toward the end of the year so that folks who might have a little bit of budget left can get that budget spent. Okay. Um, but we won't we won't sell out. Um, we will sell out by February. And that's something that people need to really think about: is that if you want to go and you're going to get the boss to pay for it, right now is the time to start figuring that out because we do sell out very very quickly. Okay. Yeah. Right. That's what happened this year too, so yeah. And uh, that's. I tell you one thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do, uh, and, and actually, to be honest, it has slipped my mind about this program. But I'm gonna reach out to um, uh, some of the donors in my area and see if they will offer um, a payment for uh, somebody in in my uh, school district there to uh, come to it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they can do that, and you know we can arrange it so that they're making that payment to us, and because they're not getting any value out of it, they're sponsoring someone else. Uh, they can take they can take the charitable deduction. Gotcha. Well, I'm I'm on the I tell you I'm on the uh, uh, community foundation there, and I'm going to reach out to some of them. Okay. Oh, this awesome. that's great awesome. stuff. That's great info, and definitely Mick, uh, you and I we 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 have a legwork to do. To do a lot of promotions and social media stuff for this. Um, so, Don, Absolutely. anything else you're working on? You know, final words and things that you want to share about PowerShell or? Uh, you no, know, I, I I don't think so. Uh, I'm I'm I need to sit down and, and get back to my book writing a little bit. I guess. Okay. Uh, took a, I took about a month and a half off, so it's it's time to get back in the saddle. <laughs> um, but I, I certainly hope that, you know, if anybody needs anything, they'll, they'll reach out either on Twitter uh, and at Concentrated Don, or you can, I, I've got a hit me up link on my blog at donjones.com and be the .com. And if nothing else, there's the forums at PowerShell.org that I usually get a notice uh, for all new postings. So I try to keep an eye on those too. Excellent. That's excellent. All right, Don, you know, thanks a lot, man, um, for taking the time to uh, join us today. This has been a uh, really valuable i mean you shared a lot of great information and and uh, that's going to help a lot of people so great uh, thanks for having me it's, it's been great talking to you guys yeah all right definitely cheers guys and uh, we'll uh, catch up with you next time have a great week you too